everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Green Light! Yes, it's your boy, Jackson. Okay, chill. I'm Lauren. And we're here today. Lauren's telling me to chill, but I refuse. We're here because we're back to our old format. It's exciting. We are. It is pretty exciting. I'm actually pretty pumped. Uh, a little a little behind, uh, a little inside baseball here, behind the scenes. Uh, we actually just got done recording our script reading for this. Yeah. We did this whole, we did this actually in backwards, reverse order. True. We recorded the interview first, then the script reading, and now we're recording this. And <laughs> the script reading went super well, I think. Yeah, a, yeah, it's we're a really super excited fun about script. it. Uh, this we actually have um, our writer Nolan Pugh of Personal Hell. It's an yes. excerpt from. We're reading uh, the first act, so the first eighteen pages of a pilot. Yes. Um, and the writer is actually one of our actors this week. Yes. So very exciting. So you get to meet Nolan twice. You get to meet us three times. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super fun. Like Lauren said, Personal Hell, written by Nolan Pugh. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to what we promise. We have, obviously, some other things in store for you. First, a little whet your appetite a bit, get you hungry with the appetizer. We're the mozzarella sticks of this whole episode right now. Uh, so just a few little quick housekeeping things. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Do we have any new ones? We do not. How dare you? Please What's going on? do that. Uh, social media, at TGL underscore pod. We got some fun stuff going on over there. At, at GreenlightPod on Facebook. Yes, ma'am. And then we have a Patreon, Lauren. Yeah, we have a Patreon. So See how um, they set that as a question and uh-huh. set her up for it? All right. Well, on our <laughs> Patreon, we do all kinds of bonus content. Um, we did that road trip of our town where we read some excerpts, did a deep dive into the script, um, like Cliff's, Cliff Notes, but better, and also for your ears. Um, and then yeah. every month we do a green lit episode where mm-hmm. we uh, pair a lovely nostalgic movie with a beverage. And we also do some ramble episodes once in a while, and we also um, posted a little bit of bonus content recently for our other podcast, Who Is That? The Masked Singer podcast. You just keep, you just kept saying and there, Lauren. And, and. it just and. kept more, more and more things. Look at all you get uh, for just as low as $1 a month. Exactly. As, as large as you can I think 50 is the possibly one. give. But you know what? If you want to give us even more money, you can uh, go to our PayPal, tglsubmit at gmail.com. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so we would, of course, love that. Um, yeah, our other podcast will actually be starting back up soon. Uh, yeah, The Mass Singer is premiering uh, again on September 22nd. Yeah, so quite only a Season month away, six. which is which is pretty, I'm pretty excited for it. They revealed yeah. some of the costumes and they're pretty sweet. Yeah, I will we'll do probably anything. do a post and see if we can get anybody's faves because I think my favorite costume so far is hamster. I will do anything for that hamster, Lauren. Yeah. I will do anything for you know, that hamster. You know, I think maybe, I think maybe the hamster will shock us. Maybe the hamster will be good. I, the hamster has to be the best one on the show show or i'll be so disappointed yeah <laughs> if a hamster gets out week one and it's someone i hate i will I i'll be so sad i know me too but yeah so a lot of exciting things coming up for us but even before that we have an exciting episode in store for you we do so i think we should go ahead and jump into that let's dive yeah uh so we're gonna start uh with a little bit of detours uh, this is kind of what we normally do on the other three weeks out of the month, but for this one, it's a little condensed. We're just going to talk briefly. Condensed. It's a lot condensed. Give you our quick opinions, and then uh, we'll get into the rest of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so we have two movies to talk about, uh, both of them pretty new. Yeah. So uh, which do you think we should start with, Lauren? Uh, let's start with Freaky. 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 Okay. Lauren, tell us about it. Yeah, so Freaky is technically a 2020 movie, but it also kind of just came out. Uh, it's on yeah. HBO Max. It is rated R. It is basically yeah. Freaky Friday, but it's a horror movie. Yes. A horror comedy, I would say. Horror comedy, for sure. Yeah. Um, so this movie is about... <clears throat> After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Mm-hmm. So this movie stars Vince Vaughn, Catherine mm-hmm. Newton, Celeste O'Connor, and Misha Osherovich. Not sure. Um, and basically, Vince Vaughn spends most of this movie playing a teenage girl. Yes. Which is really, really funny. <laughs> yes. He's, he does a great job. Yeah. So so sort of a, a little more backstory. Vince Vaughn's this serial killer. Uh, he finds this... Uh, yeah, the, the Blisswood Butcher. Yes, the Blisswood Butcher. Or Blissfield. 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 The Blissfield Butcher. Spoiler alert, it's not very blissful, their town, because it has a butcher running around killing Correct. people. I don't think he was an actual butcher. I think he kind of stolen valor there. I think stolen he's a, a butcher of bodies, a butcher of humans, but not agree. a real, not a real butcher. He's not going to give you meat. Um, 
So yeah, he he is he is a serial killer. At the very beginning of the movie, we see him doing his thing, and then uh, at the house, he finds this like this cool knife, and it's like, whoa, that knife's cool. Yeah. Later, he runs into our main character, and he stabs her with this knife. Spoiler. Yes. However, that's the crux of the movie, so not really a spoiler. And they switch bodies, and they wake up uh, in in their respective normal places, but in different bodies, and uh, they have to go back. They have twenty four hours. Uh, or the, uh, the switch is permanent. Then, uh, basically, um, what's, uh, Catherine Newton's original character's name? Millie. Millie. Millie has to stab the butcher in 24 hours. Or, no, the, bu- Millie as the butcher has to stab the butcher as Millie in yes. 24 hours. <laughs> or, uh, the curse will be permanent. Exactly. And the thing is, um, you know, the butcher in... In Millie's body, actually, kind of wants to stay there because um, even though she is not quite as strong, pe- she is much less. Uh, she draws much less suspicion, and you know, obviously, the butcher is being hunted down by the yeah. police. So, there's that. Now, here's what I'll say: that is what we inferred. They never really said why, though. <laughs> actually, <laughs> that's true. They never really said why, and it's also too like. The butcher in Millie's body did complain about how, like, meh, I'm so small, I'm yeah. not strong. So, l- let's let's dive into our thoughts. Lauren, what did you think of this movie? I really enjoyed it. I think my biggest complaint is probably that there were some major inconsistencies in yes. Millie's character. Yes. Because at the beginning, you know, when she's Millie in her own body, yep. she's, like, shy, kind of insecure, not cool. And then when Vince Vaughn is Millie, he's, like, you know... I don't know what he said. He said a lot of lines with hashtag at the beginning of them. It was like... Um, and that's just like not quite the vibe that we got from Millie at the beginning of the movie, even yeah. though it was very funny. Yeah. And and I, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It, it's also kind of interesting, too, because like they talk about how Millie at the beginning, like what she's wearing, how she's acting. In today's world, Millie is like the most popular girl in school. Oh yeah, with her fit and like the way she acts. And that movie <laughs> was made like last year, uh, yeah. so there's really no excuse. She's literally like primetime Gen Z outfits. Yeah, exactly. She's like she's like the Phoebe Bridgers of this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's and... also just way too pretty to be not cool. Like, yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. And now Lauren did mention, of course, that uh, you know, with when as Vince Vaughn was playing Millie, as the butcher was playing Millie, or no, as Millie was Vince Vaughn's character when was Vince a bit Vaughn was playing Millie. Yes. However, he was the best part of this movie. Absolutely, the, and the, and that was like not his fault. That yeah, was the writing. It was fault, the fault of the but writing. He rocked it. I. And we, we kind of briefly touched on this after. There are recently two very good performances of sort of older comedic actors uh, <laughs> playing, like, in their own bodies, but are playing, like, sort of, like, teenage girls. And it's Vince Vaughn in this movie, and it's Jack Black and Jumanji. Yeah. And we, we were sort of talking about which one we liked better. Now, both are great. Don't pit two kings against each other, of course. <laughs> However, I think you could make a case for both, and I think you can make a case for Vince Vaughn, because Jack Black's performance was, like, it was pretty over the top, and the writing was that way for sure. And the character was was meant meant to be, like, a caricature. Exactly. I think Vince Vaughn's performance, however, you know, it was was slightly different than Millie's character— was in a way a bit subtle. Like it was yeah. it was subtle it had some in the subtleties. way it was really fun. The way he like ran, the way he walked, uh, you know, just the cadence of his he voice. He ran into a tree and was like, OMG, I'm a giant. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was very good. It was like I think Vince Vaughn is like almost the perfect person for this role. Yeah. Because he is like he's a big dude, but he's like he's a funny guy. He's, he's goofy. you know, he's and he is <laughs> I think that's a good point too. While he is scary because he's large and at the beginning he was wearing a mask, when he takes off the mask, you know it's Vince Vaughn and his mm-hmm. face is a little goofy. Yeah. So it kind of uh, plays all into that yeah. for sure. There was, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there was one scene where I was like, is Vince Vaughn about to kiss this teenager? Yes. And we're not going to spoil it for mm. you. Um, however, overall, they handled that okay, I think. Yeah. They handled like, you know, just the grown man in a, a teenage girl's body and then a teenage girl in a grown man's body in an okay way. Yeah. I think they did. They did fine. Yeah. Um, there's also a, I guess, featured role, uh, a smallish role by, I don't remember his name, but Cameron and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
Yeah, that um, guy. He's a jerk. Not he the, is. not the actor, the character. He's awful. That character's a jerk though. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, like it was brought up that we could watch it last night and I was like, you know, I am in the perfect mood for that movie. It, Sounds great. Yeah, it, it's very much like a, a particular It's really campy. Mood. It's fun. It is it's it's super campy for sure. Um I uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's a fun movie to watch as a group if you're into that kind of movie. But once again, there are there are pretty sizable consist- inconsistencies in, like, you know, just characterization and also, like, sort of some of, like, the general rules of the world, but, like... That's okay. You know. I'll look past it. You look past there it. There are also for, some pretty cool kills in it. I was going to say that as well, yeah. There are, which, you know, we as we know... spoil it, but pretty cool kills. As we know, I do like that in horror movies. Yeah. Cool kills. Cool so uh, that was uh, what was it? Freaky. Freaky. I was I wasn't sure if it was Freaky or Friday. Um, <laughs> oh, it also is on Friday the thirteenth. So there's yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. So the the twenty four hours is the twenty four hours of Friday the thirteenth. Um, uh, that's on HBO Max. Yeah. So if you go watch you, it, yeah, go watch that. Okay, moving on to our next movie, a very a brand spanking new movie. Free Guy. Free Guy. Free Guy. Uh, Free Guy is a 2021 film. Came out literally a week ago, if you're listening to this on the day this show comes out. Uh, written uh, by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, directed by Sean Levy. Uh, and the plot goes a little something like this. A bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game. Now, a little bit of gaming terminology for you. <laughs> NPC is non-playable character. So if you've ever played a video game or are familiar with video games at all, really, you know that there are characters inside the game that uh, don't really, uh, like, you don't necessarily fight them. You don't necessarily, uh, you can't play as them. However, they are inside of the world. To kind of flesh to, out the story. Yeah, to either to flesh out the story or to just sort of build this world. Yeah. Like, they might just be walking around, you might... You might talk to them and get some story quest stuff from them. Uh, you might not even interact with them. But the, the, that are those characters. And that is who uh, Ryan Reynolds plays in this movie. His name is Guy. Guy. So in addition to Ryan Reynolds in this movie, we have Jodie Comer, Taika Watiti, Lil Ray Howry, Joe Curie, Utkarsh, Ambudkar. I'm sorry. I, I know I butchered your name. And a lot of like celebrity cameos. Yeah. Including Channing Tatum. Yay. Um, actually, I don't know if I want to say too many of the celebrity cameos. Channing Tatum's character comes in uh, a decent amount, so that's not necessarily just a cameo. So yeah. I'll, I'll leave the others because I think they're, the, the cameos are kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that is this movie. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, they don't quite, like, get into it, but it's kind of like he... There's a whole, like, kind of AI underlying thing um, yes. where he sort of just, like, becomes sentient, starts being able to make his own choices. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And that kind of, like, there's also, like, a whole plot where the creators of, like, the underlying sof- software of this game are trying to, like, kind of sue the company, get their get their yeah. content back, all that yeah. good stuff. Jody Comer and Joe Curie's character created this uh, this AI software. Yes. Uh, they were they developed an indie game. Eventually uh, Taika Watiti and his company um, Tsunami Tsunami, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, bought it, and then um, basically he kind of stole the code from them, even though that wasn't part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, Jody Comer's character. They're not character, getting royalties from this game. Yeah. Jody Comer's character is trying to figure it out, and she knows the secret is in the game. So she actually goes in as a character and tries to find it, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Jody yeah, Comer's character also named Millie. Oh, true. Two, two movie, Millie, two Furious. Two, two, two Millie, two Furious in this one. <laughs> uh, um, What'd you think? Yeah, you think I I really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I had a blast mm-hmm. watching it. It mm-hmm. was it was so fun. It had some really like tender moments. You know, it had a lot of really comedic moments, but also had a lot of tender moments. Um, yeah, and like I've said this about Westworld for sure. Um, but it had like it again does bring up just like the ethics that will probably become much more of an issue in the future. Mm-hmm. Of like, is it okay to kill AIs? Yeah, <laughs> you know classic do robots dream of electric sheep kind of there deal. you go exactly but um i told jackson this it i think it's very much a combination of like westworld the lego movie mm-hmm. the truman show 
stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it definitely has elements of all those movies. Um, this is a very charming movie. Yes. Like I think I think that's one thing that you'll 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 certainly be charmed by the characters in it. And Ryan Reynolds' character is obviously at the middle of this. He plays Guy. Um, he's the one you follow the whole time. But there are other characters like Lil Ray Howie's character plays Buddy, who's kind of his best friend. Yeah. I think is also super charming. Um, I always. I really like Joe Keery as an actor, and I think he does a great job in this. Yeah. Um, Joe Keery was also in, what was that, oh, was that movie um, we watched? Uh, Spree. Spree, that's Spree. it. And he did great in that. And I, think I was like, not speed. Yeah. I think he's really good in this. Um, I think it's interesting, too, because you mentioned the Truman Show, obviously. Ryan Reynolds' character in this, I feel like, is very reminiscent of Jim Carrey's character in that. Yeah. Not just because of the situation that they're in, but also just because of Ryan Reynolds' acting and his, you know, mannerisms and characterizations. Yeah. I think it's kind of very similar. I agree. Like, I don't think he's similar as an actor to Jim Carrey, but no. just specifically, like, the I think kind of wholesome role. attitude, you know, the don't have a good day, have a great day, feels yeah. very Truman Show. Yeah, I and I, I think in this role specifically, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he drew a little on that character or just Jim Carrey's sort of yeah. acting and comedy style. Um, uh, you know, obviously Jim Carrey in some of his roles goes super over the top, and that's not necessarily here, but um, you you, d- you definitely see a little bit of that in, in his character. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, if you like video games, if you are a gamer, there's going to be a lot in here for you. Um, there are actually uh, cameos from a lot of, of, of bigger streamers. Uh, you know, Ninja has a cameo. Pokimane has a cameo. I think it's, is it, was it Pokimane or was it Valkyrie? I don't know who any of these people okay. are except I think for Ninja. It was, I think it was Pokimane uh, and some other uh, some other bigger streamers as well, who kind of worldwide streamers too. They had uh, Laserbeam, who I think is Australian, um, some other uh, worldwide creators, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and there's just a lot of references to video games. Definitely. Um, and uh, there's a Fortnite reference. There's, there is. I, I think there's a couple Fortnite references. There are, actually, yeah. to be fair. Um, and some other big game references. I won't spoil them all for you, but um, it's super cool. Um, and yeah, definitely, definitely super charming. Um, I honestly expected it to be a little funnier than it was. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying by that? Well, yeah, I think I expected it to be more of like a pure comedy. Yeah. Whereas like... I, I think I did find a really good balance of, like, there were some really funny moments, and there yeah. were also, you know, some, like, tender moments and dramatic yeah, moments and, like, sure. a little action movie type moments. Yeah. So I I really liked what it turned into. It wasn't yeah. quite what I expected, but in a good way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think some of the comedy in it is almost more charming than it is funny. I would for agree. Me. Um, so there's that. But there also are a few moments that are legitimately, legitimately funny. Um. One more thing. This is kind of a, a downer. I don't want to end on it, but we'll see if I have anything else to say. Uh, so, sometimes the video game lingo felt a bit out of date. That is true. Um, a lot. A lot of noob. Noob was thrown around a <laughs> lot. Um, s- stuff like that, which like, not that that isn't said anymore, but uh, some of it felt like this was, this the lingo was made for like 2012 or something like that. Yeah, that's true. Which, that's true. And, you know, I, I actually was thinking about this um, the other day, is that... To people who, like, play video games that might be out of date, but to people who don't, which might be, you know, a decent bit of the audience that watches this movie. Might be more, like, accessible. Exactly. They, yeah. they might understand that lingo more than, like, uh, like oh, this gets cracked, this game's chalked, stuff like yeah. that. It, like, if you're listening to this and don't understand what I'm saying, then it probably didn't, wouldn't have fit in the movie. Yeah. But, you know, for real gamers, we, we, we know. Okay. <laughs> like I said before, chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't. Um, do you have anything else to say about Free Guy, a wonderful, charming movie? Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's a wonderful, charming movie. Um, I don't know. Some of our, some of our housemates didn't quite agree that like, because there is like a, a love story element to it that they didn't quite think was necessary, but I don't know. I liked it all I didn't around. Mind it. Yeah. I thought it was fun. It was charming. A little bit cheesy at times, but yeah. you know, it was fun. Definitely go see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this one is only in theaters, I believe. Yes. I've seen multiple commercials that's like, only in theaters. You can yeah. only see it. There are if also free guy quests in Fortnite right now, so there are do those. So <laughs> as obviously, well. yeah, co- collect, yeah. Any of our Fortnite gamers out there, uh, yeah. make sure you get your free guy quest done for the free emote. Uh, what is it? Don't just have a good day, have a great day. I think it was the like I'm a good guy. Like he said something like that. I don't know. It might be the, the have good, good day, great day thing. Yeah, I think the emote is just called like the good guy emote or something. Oh, okay, okay. Either way, uh, that's that. So, um, when we come back, we'll be reading Personal Hell by Nolan Pugh. 
and we'll see you soon. See ya. Welcome back to the Green Light. Green Light. Okay, so we are here reading Personal Hell by Nolan Pugh, and we have a special treat with us this week because Nolan is one of our actors. Yes. Hey, Nolan, tell tell everyone just a little taste about yourself because yeah, they're going to get a larger get a taste more. later. Yeah. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, my name is Nolan Pugh. I'm a, a voice actor, filmmaker, and uh, also screenwriter, and uh, uh I'm very interesting. We'll uh, we'll talk about it a lot more in the interview. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right. Just a little taste. You're welcome, yeah. audience. Yeah. Uh, we also have Austin Green returning. Hi, Austin. How are you? Hey, what's up? Hey. You all know about Austin, so we're not going to let yeah. him introduce himself. And <laughs> they've seen me on the news. They know. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then we also have a brand new actor with with us this week. Our good friend Margaret Nelson. How are you? Hi, I'm Margaret. Um, I'm also an actor. I'm friends with Lauren and Jackson. And I guess a little intro. I like Crows and Andy Samberg. So <laughs> that's that's perfectly describes who Margaret is yeah, right there. Her I also two likes. like how the Ann Jackson was an afterthought. I, I appreciated I, that. I was like, is she gonna say it? Is she gonna <laughs> do it? And she did. So Margaret, we're friends now. Congratulations. <laughs> but the question is, did she do it because she wanted to or because she felt like she Certainly had out to. of necessity. Ooh. Certainly necessity. But you know, I'll take it. It's recorded, so you know she can't take it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um oh. all all right. Let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, can everyone just say who they're playing real quick? So I am Lauren. As you know, I will be reading Action Lines. Uh, Nolan, how about you go? All right. Uh, my name is Nolan Pugh, and I will be reading for Azazel and Walt. Nice, Walt. Austin. Yeah. I'm Austin, and I'll be reading for Ted and Colzan. Margaret. I'm Margaret, and I'll be reading for Carol and Stacy. And I'm Jackson, and I'll be reading for Melchior. And that's all of us. So, Woo. let's dive in. Let's dive. Personal Hell, created by J.G. Murphy and Nolan Pugh. Written by Nolan Pugh. Act 1. Fade in, interior Ted's bedroom, earth, morning. Beep, 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 beep. Ted Kowalski, a mild-mannered computer programmer, wakes up to his alarm and hops out of bed. Ted showers, brushes his teeth, gets dressed, and cooks a nice breakfast to his upbeat morning playlist. Interior car, continuous. Ted sits in traffic, tapping along to the radio. Interior office, continuous. Ted walks into work and sees rows of programmers and cubicles. He smiles and takes a deep breath of contentment. Interior, Ted's cubicle, Earth, day. Ted happily types some code as his boss, Walter, walks by. Good morning, Walter. Walter looks like a little more of his soul dies every time an employee talks to him. He tries to keep walking. Morning, Ted. Ted gets up and follows Walter. So, wait. Walter sighs and turns around to face Ted. Yeah. So, remember when we were talking about my raise and you told me to ask again in six months? Uh-huh. Uh, well, um, it's been six months and I was wondering. Yeah, Ted, I'm a little busy right now. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. Should I? Uh, actually, Ted, I'm glad you tracked me down. <laughs> we need someone to come in on Sunday and reorganize the filing system. You think you can handle that? Isn't that what I did last Sunday? Yeah, I spoke to Mason. We like it better the old way. Thanks, kid. Walter walks away. Um. Okay, I can, I can handle that. Interior break room, day. Ted fills his coffee cup and sits down to his beautiful homemade lunch. Carol, a friendly woman from Human Resources, walks into the room and sees Ted. She blushes and goes to the coffee maker, covering her smile. Hi, Ted. Well, looks like my day just took a turn for the wonderful. Good afternoon, Carol. Carol tries to cover her red cheeks with her mug. Oh, stop, Ted. You're too sweet. Would you care to join me? Um, sure. Yes. Thank you. She sits down and tries not to make eye contact. Did you already eat lunch? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I usually get something at the cafe in the lobby, but I left my purse at home. Well, be that as it may, I'm not sure that you can effectively resource all those humans today on an empty stomach. Would you like some of mine? Oh, I couldn't. Please, I insist. There's plenty. I, all right. Thank you. 
Ted opens his briefcase and grabs his spare spork and bowl, scoops some of his pasta into it, and gives it to Carol. She takes a bite and her eyes light up. Ted, this is amazing! Really? Thank you so much. It's my mom's recipe, but, but I tweaked it a bit with some basil from my herb garden. Well, she taught you well. They share a smile. Any plans for the weekend? Well, my Sunday's out, but I guess I'll do some binge watching. Maybe paint a little. You paint? I dabble. It's very therapeutic. What about you? Any weekend adventures planned? Oh, um, no, I suppose not. I'll be alone. All by myself. All weekend. She leans toward Ted expectantly. He takes the hint. Well, you know, Carol, if you don't have plans anyway, I'd be more than happy to cook for you tonight, seeing as you can't find your purse and all. I'd really like that, Ted. What time should I come over? Eight o'clock? Sounds perfect. Hey, I need to get back to work. I'll text you, yeah? Looking forward to it. Carol exits, leaving Ted alone with a dopey grin on his face. Interior Ted's kitchen, night. Ted happily chops some vegetables and drops them into a pot. He goes over to the sink and starts watching the knife when he gets a text. Looking forward to tonight. Ted smiles and texts back. Me too. Cooking up a storm. Ted dries off the knife and slices a chunk of raw meat. His phone buzzes again. Ted puts the knife down and reaches for his phone, but knocks the slice of meat off the counter without noticing. Should I bring anything? Nope. I took care of everything. Ted puts his phone down and accidentally steps on the bloody piece of meat. He gasps and slips, sliding the meat and his foot across the floor as he grabs onto the counter for support. Trying to upright himself, Ted winds up sliding backwards, forwards, backwards, and forwards again. On the last shift, Ted slips off the counter and reaches out to steady himself, but grabs the knife by mistake. His sliced hand gushing blood, Ted shouts in pain and steps backward into the middle of the kitchen. Reveal. Ted is standing in the middle of a newly made pentagram drawn in steak blood. Ah, cripes. That smarts. Dang it all to heck. Ted's blood drips onto the pentagram. It glows fiery red. Cut to interior Malkior's bedroom. Hell. Morning. Beep, 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 beep. Refusing to get out of bed, Malkior the undying scourge of Sodom blindly searches for his alarm clock. Smash! And chucks it against the wall. Malkior rolls out of bed over several sleeping demons of various gender and chugs the remaining half bottle of whiskey on his nightstand. Malkior steps over an entangled demon couple and grunts in discomfort. He reaches down and pulls... Pop, 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 revealing a long string of anal beads. He drops them onto the floor and sighs in relief. <sighs> Interior car, continuous. Malkior drives through traffic, honking his horn at everything in front of him. One car honks back and he swerves into it, laughing to himself. <laughs> Interior office, continuous. Malkior walks into work and sees rows of demons in cubicles. He grunts in frustration. <sighs> Interior break room, hell, day. Malkior creeps up on a demon secretary, Stacy. Hey, Stacy! When are we going to schedule that dick appointment, baby? Hmm. Gee, Mal, you sure you can afford it? I heard your numbers weren't doing great. Ah, oh, come on, baby. We don't need money to have a good time. That table looks sturdy. Stacy hops on the table, wraps her legs around Malkior's waist, and drags her forked tongue across his face. Azazel, Malkior's boss, barges into the room. Malkior, my office, now! Malkior untangles himself from Stacy and smooths his hair. Hold my calls, baby. He walks out. Interior, Azazel's office, continuous. Azazel sits behind his desk. Malkior enters. Zazzy, baby! I'm glad you called me in. Been meaning to talk to you about my parking space. Sit down. Malkior shuts up and sits across from Azazel. Do you know what your problem is, Mal? I- Shut up! I don't care about your opinion. The, uh, your problem is that you've peaked your old news. What? I remember when we were starting out together. You used to corrupt souls so fast they came up with that original sin idea. You were a legend. What happened, man? I'm talking to you, Mal. What do you mean by peaked? What I mean, you insufferable fuckstick, is that your numbers have been dropping since the Dark Ages, and the boys downstairs aren't happy about it. So I'm in a bit of a slump, big deal. Oh, it's a very big deal. You spend more time partying than working. Hey, 
What I do in my own time is my business. Not when you're using company magic, you spunk juggler. Ah, you can't prove that. Azazel growls and reaches into his desk drawer, then drops a thick stack of files in front of Malkior. Look, what I sell is a lifestyle. I need a discretionary fund to do that effectively. Azazel flips through the stack. You spent three souls worth of magic working through your leads last month. And? Do you have any idea how hard it is to actually tempt someone these days? They've got internet porn up there now. Azazel leans toward Malkior threateningly. Listen, Mal. When your numbers are bad, my numbers are bad. Do you think I'm just going to let you ruin the plans I got for my life? I work my fingers to the bone to get where I am. Middle management? Enraged, Azazel roars Rah! and a powerful hand over Malkior's throat. Find a soul, or I will personally see to it that your scrawny red ass is reassigned to gluttony, or you'll spend the next thousand years standing in front of a treadmill, force-feeding vegetables to fat assholes. Malkior wheezes through Azazel's grip. <laughs> Azazel grunts and lets him go. Malkior catches his breath. You can't do that. Oh. Poof. A large contract appears in Azazel's hand. Says so right here in your employment contract. Your immediate supervisor, me, reserves the right to transfer you to a different department if you fail to reach operational quotas, which you will. Malkior takes the contract from Azazel and skims through it. I, uh, 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 get get the fuck out of my office. Interior Malkior's cubicle continuous. Malkior reads through his employment contract, hopelessly searching for a loophole. He throws it down in frustration. Malkior groans, stretches, and gets to work on his computer. Let's see here. Take care, teacher. No dice. Neo-Nazis. Uh, somebody already got them. Malkior groans and peeks over the wall to his cubicle neighbor, Colzan, sower of sin. Hey, Colzan. These leads are shit, dude. What gives? They're giving them out based on performance now. They talked about it at last week's meeting. Well, I was hungover at last week's meeting. How is that fair? Sorry, Mal. Yeah, hey, you got a second? Sup? Colzan digs a basket full of chocolate bars out of his desk drawer and holds them up to Malkior. Uh, my daughter's doing a fundraiser and- I'll get fucked. Colzan huffs. Uh. Ping! Malkior sits back down at his computer. Well, what have we here? Pentagram. Old school. Very nice. Malkior writes the info down on a note card and jumps out of his chair, bumping into Stacy. Hey, what's shaking, baby? You headed somewhere, Mal? Indeed I am. Big important soul up for grabs. You know how it is. But hey, before I go, I'm going to need a recharge. So why don't you be a good girl and push the paperwork through for me? Gee, Mal, I'd love to help you, but you're at your limit for the month. As Hazel says, we gotta save some magic for the... For the what? For the closers. Mm, that mammoth-loving prick. Fine. I don't need anything fancy. This guy's practically begging to sell his soul. Anyway, when I get back, how's about you, me, and three or four of your friends pick up where we left off? Mmm, sorry, baby, but I've actually got plans tonight. What? With who? Stacy blows a kiss at Malkior and walks away. Well, that's cool. You know, I got some stuff to catch up on, and they're already gone. Fantastic. Malkior looks at his note card. Okay, Mr. Ted Kowalski. Let's make a deal. Malkior snaps his fingers, poof, and disappears in a puff of smoke. Cut to interior Ted's kitchen, earth continuous. Ted bandages his hand. Poof. Malkior appears behind Ted. Ted turns around. Sup? Ted screams and runs out of the kitchen. Ah! Malkior grunts in frustration. <sighs> Poof, and disappears. Interior Ted's living room, continuous. Ted hides behind the couch. Poof, Malkior reappears behind Ted. Hey, what's the deal, man? Did I get the wrong address again? Ted screams and bolts back to the kitchen. Ah! Malkior rolls his eyes and poofs away. Interior <sighs> Ted's kitchen, continuous. Ted runs into the kitchen, slips on the bloody pentagram, and falls face first onto the floor. Poof! Malkior appears in front of Ted, checking his notes. Hey, buddy, are you Theodore Kowalski or not? Ted scrambles to his hands and knees and crab walks away. How do you know my name? <sighs> Every damn time. Look, 
I don't know why people are so confused by this. Literally any time that a company or a fundraiser or a free ebook asks for your name and email, they're selling it to someone. What are you? Why are you here? <clears throat> Malkior, the undying scourge of Sodom, at your service. And, uh, you invited me, pal. Excuse me? Malkior points down at the pentagram. Ted looks down and laughs in embarrassment as he stands up. Oh, no, no, that's just the roast. I'm, I'm afraid it was, it was a bit of a clumsy Carl. <laughs> Made a mess in the kitchen. Simple misunderstanding. Poof. A thick leather-bound book appears in Malkior's hand. He reads, Pentagram, Blood of Man and Beast. That's a classic summoning ritual. Really? Yeah, buddy. Read your monster manual sometime. It's all in there. Anyways. Poof. The book is replaced with a large contract. Let's sell that soul, shall we? What's your price, kid? Okay, there's, there's, there's definitely been a miscommunication here. Explain. Like, like I said, it was an accident. I just dropped some meat on the floor and cut my hand. It happens. Oh, so you expect me to believe you performed a demon-summoning blood sacrifice entirely by accident? Well, yeah. Poof, the contract disappears. Fine. Um, are you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Okay. It's just that you seem a little... Ups- uh, no, I'm not fine, you cocktease. You're wasting my time here, and I don't appreciate it. Do you think it's easy to cross between dimensions like that? I don't know. I really have a different frame of reference. I'm sure you're a very hard worker. Fuck you, Ted. Where am I going to find another soul in time? Huh? Thanks to you, I'm going to wind up force-feeding vegetables to fat assholes. Is that what you want? No, of course not. Poof. Malkior appears with an arm slung around Ted's shoulder. Well, then what do you say, buddy? Help a brother out? Jeez, Malkior. Um... I'm not hearing a no... Ted smiles awkwardly and shrugs. Poof. Malkior appears in front of Ted, crying. But why? Well, it is my soul. Are you even using it? Be honest. I'd certainly like to think so. There must be something you want. I can make a lot of things happen, Teddy. Ted starts cleaning up the floor. Not that I can think of. Come on! Money? I'm comfortable. Power. Who needs it? Women. Hey, I actually have a date tonight. Yeah? Well, hey, I can make this go really well for you. What do you say? What do you, what, how do you mean? Whatever you want it to mean, baby. You want it, I can get it. I think I'm alright, though. I really like Carol, and she seems to really like me. I'm pretty confident about this. Mm, come on, man! Poof. Malkior appears on his knees in front of Ted. I'll suck your dick. Now, Malkior. What? I'm good at it. Malkior flicks his forked tongue at Ted. Ted sighs and helps Malkior up. There's no need to resort to that, Malkior. It's not like you're just a bad salesperson. Just the wrong customer. Well, I don't know what you want me to do here, Ted. I've got a quota to make, and all you're giving me is problems. How about some solutions? Look, I'd love to help you, and if I ever want something so bad, I'm willing to burn for all eternity to get it. You'll be the first demon I call. But I've got a lot on my plate right now. Carol's going to be here any minute. I've got to get this roast in the oven. Ted looks down at his bloody clothes. And I'm kind of a mess. Is that all? Allow me. Poof. Suddenly the kitchen and Ted are clean, and a finished roast is on the counter. Malkior stares at Ted eagerly. I'm not selling my soul because you cooked a roast. (sighs) Malkior grunts and snaps his fingers. Poof. The roast is raw, and Ted and the kitchen are dirty like before. Well, that's just discourteous. You're a tough customer, Ted. I respect that. But you're really fucking me over a barrel right now. I know. I'm sorry. The doorbell rings. Ah, cheese and rice. That's Carol. A devilish grin, yep, grows on Malkior's face. Don't you worry, Teddy baby. I'll handle everything. Poof. Ted and the kitchen are spotless once more, but both Malkior and the roast are gone. Uh Uh-oh. The doorbell rings. End of Act 1. everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Greenlight. It's Jackson here. And Lauren. And, and we are here with our writer of the week, Nolan Pugh of Personal Hell. How are you doing, Nolan? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have you. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. I'm excited to get this one started. Um, so, uh, Nolan, uh, we asked all of our guests this, uh, but where are you calling us from today? Uh, right. Well, right now I'm house sitting, so I am at my mom's place in Napomo, California. Oh, nice. okay. Another California. It's been a, a little while, I feel like, since we've had someone who's from California on the show, right? Yeah, am I, I, guess, am I, blanking? I guess so. Yeah. Um, so that is exciting. Uh, you said, uh, say that place in California again, because we're not super familiar with places in California. <laughs> uh, Napomo. It's a place you've never heard of. Okay. okay. Sounds good. Where is that in relation to LA? Because that's where we are right now. Uh, it's about two and a half hours, uh, away from LA on a good day. Uh, I do work okay. in LA. I live outside the, uh, I, I live outside the city, but I, uh, uh, work in LA. So. Gotcha. Cool. Gotcha, cool. cool. Gotcha. Okay. Well, very good. West coaster. So, uh, we're, we're right on time today. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this is another question that we always like to ask everybody. What is your writer origin story? How did you get started? Uh, Man, uh, how did I get started? Uh, I remember some really bad Star Wars fan fiction uh, from when <laughs> I was a little kid. Well, I'm sure it's not as bad as the holiday special. Ah, uh, ah, uh, we don't talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I was always writing stories even when I was a kid. You know, I always had ideas uh, for stories, even if I didn't uh, quite know how to make a good one yet. Uh, but... In terms of specifically screenplays, uh, that happened because, you know, uh, I uh, moved out to L.A., you know, was doing the L.A. actor thing. And uh, it was going really well for a while, and then it was going not so well. And then I got, you know, basically just kind of tired of uh, waiting for someone else to put me in a movie, so I thought I should write my own. I did uh, a short film uh, that was... uh, uh, it was a drama, uh, you know, a, a drama comedy. Uh, filmed it with some friends and uh, went went pretty well. So, thought, okay, well, let's do that again. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've been doing since. Nice. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that idea of if if no one's gonna cast me, I'll cast myself. You know, I think, oh, I yeah. think no that's pretty much just, why you know, we. You know, it was a bit of a dry spell. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Something happened. Uh, you know, <laughs> in the past couple of years that made it tough for for things to happen. So uh, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's basically the same reason why we started this podcast. You know, because we're we're not uh, talented writers, so we were like, okay, let's try and get cast ourselves in some other people's writing <laughs> yeah for sure All for right. sure yeah uh so if you don't mind nolan i think we're gonna dive into the script if you're ready oh yes uh, uh, uh yes please let's okay let's see how this law all landed okay yeah. <laughs> cool um so when you first sent us the script and obviously as we read it uh but you described it to us as a sitcom and the script really lives up to it well um lots of big identifiable characters strong comedic moments tight structure uh why did you choose this genre to tell your story here uh comedy is uh just just first nature to me honestly i mean i have uh I've written all kinds of stuff, uh, but even when I'm trying to write the most uh, like serious, uh, gritty drama I can think of, I always wind up putting humor into it. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, when I was thinking of the, uh, 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 you know, when I sat down and thought, what's the best thing that I can write right now? The first thing I thought was a you know half hour comedy. That's uh, you know, that's just what I do. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Totally. Um, see, that's interesting. Do you, um, when you're acting, do you find yourself also drawn to more comedic things as well? Uh, yeah, uh, I think almost everything I've been casting is a comedy. Uh, I, I have a drama reel. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know anyone's ever watched it, but <laughs> you have it though, just in case you need it. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, so Ted seems to kind of have his life together at the start of this, right? He has a he has a good job. You know, he has a lovely date plan with someone who seems really interested in him. He generally just seems to be really happy. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, you have Malkior, who is this crude, rough and tumble demon who's down on his luck. And now he has to corrupt this seemingly perfect man. So this is a two-part question. How do you make the audience fall in love with a character who seems to have no flaws? And how do you also make the audience fall in love with a character who has all the flaws? 
Wow, that's an excellent question. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try and give you a two-part answer here, I guess. Uh, Please do. It's a two-part yeah. question. So, yeah, so, uh, so uh, part one: How do I get people to to love Ted? I didn't have to do anything. Everyone loves Ted. You love, him, <laughs> don't you? I do love Ted. I, I, I gotta be honest. Ted. I do I'll love be Ted. <laughs> Everyone loves Ted. He doesn't want anything because he's just happy. And you know what? People like happy people. Because uh, uh, happy people don't go around trying to, uh, you know, uh, trying to screw up anyone else's neck. I almost swore. No, uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you caught yourself though, and we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, happy people don't try to mess with anyone's day, uh, and uh, that's why people like happy people. Uh, and so I just thought, you know, if I can make the nicest, friendliest, sweetest guy on the planet, everyone's going to love him. Because, you know, like almost every sitcom protagonist uh, on TV right now is uh, pretty much just a miserable human being. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, 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 and my, my favorite ones, by the way, you know, like, you know, because Malkior also exists in this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so to answer the, the, the first part of the question, uh, you know, people are going to love Ted just because he's the nicest guy that that, that there ever was and genuinely nice. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel that being a genuinely kind, decent, uh, good person is a rare enough thing where if you show someone who is that, uh, people are going to love him right away. Uh, yeah. And uh, flip side of that with Malkior, how do I get people to like him? Well, because he's relatable because he's a lot more like the rest of us than Ted is. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think that 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 definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, sometimes I feel like with characters who have no flaws, I feel like almost like a Superman syndrome of sorts. Some sometimes people find those people boring, you know, but yeah. I think I think Ted's done really well here because, you know, he, he has a lot going for him and he's doing well. But, you know, he also has goals. He also has stuff at stake here. So it's like we're still invested in him as a character, partially because of what he's going through and what we know he's about to go through, even based on on these first like 18 pages that we read on the show yeah yeah um so another part of the humor in the script is sort of like these parallel like you know office jobs that these two have and in a way their lives as well kind of parallel uh, even though slightly different there um so which is interesting between a computer programmer and also a demon so <laughs> talk about your reasoning and why you choose to frame these two characters in like such opposing lights on one hand but in also very similar lights on another hand uh well, for the one thing, with uh, uh, you know, uh, just with hell being an office, and you know, like that is my definition of hell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that scans. Yeah, that's, no, I'm right there with you, so I get it. <laughs> it's uh, it's the eight plus hour coding job or data entry job, uh, you know, that you do in a sterile cubicle, uh, and and and, and you gotta wear a tie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so so that's my definition of hell. So right away, I thought, boom, I know what hell looks like in this world. Uh, and then with Ted, well, you know, Ted's just happy to have a job, you know, and it was really easy for a nice, well put together guy like him to get a job in this nice, well put together office where everyone is here doing the same thing every day. It's nice and simple. He's got nothing to complain about. But well, you know, except for, you know, like he does want some things. He wants uh, a, a little more respect at work. And, you know, uh, it's like earlier you said that, you know, like Ted has, you know, that Ted doesn't really have any flaws. I feel like he does have uh, some flaws in that, uh, like, like the one glaring flaw he has is kind of what drives the entire episode. And that's that, you know, he's kind of a weenie. He, you know, he, he, yeah. He, uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't fair. really have uh, the, the fight or flight response in him. He just accepts. Uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, like having that extremely passive attitude about life uh, is what eventually drives the entire series. Uh, whereas, sure. whereas Malkior, you know, uh, that, that uh, parallel to Teddy you're asking for, you know, uh, he always goes for what he wants. He does it in the break room. He does it, uh, uh, when he's at Ted's place, he does it, uh, when he's in his boss's office, uh, Malkior always does and says exactly what he wants. And that is also not a great way to go about life. Uh, because, Definitely. you know, nobody wants to be Malkior. Malkior's life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely setting up some pretty clear, clear arcs here with these two characters. Yeah, for um, sure. 
So one thing that we both friends, because how could you not? Oh, exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, So one thing that we both found really interesting about just some of the world building here is the limited resources of magic that the demons have. Um, You know, it sort of seemed like you need to have a certain amount of magic like stored in you to perform different magic demon tasks. So Mm -hmm. talk about the rules of this world a little bit here. Uh, yeah, so, so the rules of this world here is that, well, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, the traditional view uh, that uh, Western media has about, uh, you know, uh, the devil, you know, they're always, they're always making deals uh, and deals that screw you over in, in, in horrible, unpredictable uh, ways. Right. Uh, and so I just thought, okay, so what else does that? Uh, employment contracts. And- <laughs> True. And so it's like everything uh, about hell is just this endless, uh, you know, a a corporate style bureaucracy. Uh, And uh, again, just the absolute worst thing that I can think of. Uh, And, 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 and so, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's how that's evolved into the modern day. It's just tricking people into contracts, Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, souls, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, uh, you know, like, like, like that's the whole idea is, you know, is to get someone's soul. Uh, and by, by getting people to agree to these, you know, these Faustian bargains, uh, you know, they got to offer them something in return, but of course that's gonna, you know, wind up backfiring in some horrible way, but you've got their soul. And, uh, really I was trying to figure out, it's like, well, why do they want souls? Uh, like, mm-hmm. like, like, why do they want, like, like, what's the reason that they could want souls in this world that doesn't go into some weird quasi-religious place? And so I right. just thought, okay, you know, uh, it, it, uh, it fuels their magic. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, you know, that, you know, uh, that's a form of currency is people's souls. And, you know, uh, uh, if you go on a business trip, you get per diem. So what's something that, uh, people can do, uh, uh, you know, uh, when they're uh, out in the world trying to trick people, they get magic, uh, which came from souls. There you go. <laughs> Soul magic. Yeah, it definitely gave me the vibe of like, That's oh, well, what are you? But... <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, you know, in the real world, if you're trying to make a big sale or whatever, you're going out on a sales call, you might bring them a gift basket. You might take them golfing. You might take them out to dinner. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so I this felt like just the the sort of, budget for you to make the sale mm-hmm. um so yeah I, th- I was a big fan of that thank you yeah um so obviously we can't ask everything uh about the script on these things but is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about with the script that we missed in our questions i mean i could talk all day about this script but <laughs> Here, here's what i'll ask then tell me your favorite part of the script and why ah uh, my favorite part of the script is, um, uh, is probably the dinner date itself, uh, which I, 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 I don't, I, I don't believe you guys read it, uh, on. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's act two. Yeah. But yeah, right I, I am a big fan of the dinner date as well. Yeah, um, and that, that is definitely something if you're listening, if you want to reach out to Nolan to read the rest of the script, um, then his email will be in the description. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite part about that dinner scene? Why are you so drawn to it? Oh, just like, uh, well, I always write to shoot, you know, uh, because anything that I'm writing, I'm hoping I'll, you know, uh, be able to scram some money together to shoot myself at some point in the future. Uh, and so that was just, uh, you know, uh, that part of it, I think, is going to be the most fun day on set one day. You know, uh, just, just just filming that entire sequence, uh, all, all the physical comedy, all the really fun risque stuff all the uh you know uh, all the special effects even you know i you know uh, on a low budget thing that i usually operate on you got to be sparing with your special effects and this is where i'm gonna you know uh, blow all that money yeah, yeah. right <laughs> no yeah that's awesome i that that is a great scene um and uh the whole script is great and that is our final script question actually so now we're gonna get into some questions about n- you nolan once again if you're ready all right absolutely okay Okay. Um, you know, you actually kind of covered this question because we were going to ask you about um, how, you know, you're an actor, but then what made you decide to start writing? And you talked about how you wanted to write stuff that you could be in. So that's awesome. 
Um, so I would also love to hear about your stand-up experience. Because, mm. yeah, you mentioned that. I believe maybe it's your IMDb imdb bio i did a little stalking of course after you sent <laughs> over information about you so <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh you know uh i i got on stage uh pretty frequently uh for a couple years uh in la before uh, uh the world ended uh, right but uh you know uh i i am one of la's thousands of unpaid comedians you know? <laughs> of course <laughs> But, you know, uh, it, it was something I always wanted to do. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if I was ever particularly good at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I got people to laugh on occasion. And that was really all I was going for was, uh, you know, just to get uh, a, a room full of people laughing, uh, which is, you know, kind of what I'm going for in the TV that I write. I just want to get a room full of people watching it to laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no pressure if not, but do you still have a, a favorite bit that you'd like to share? <laughs> Even if you don't want to perform it, you can describe it, of course. Uh, yeah, actually. Um, I had a bit that always killed. Uh, it was about my dog at the time, who is no longer with us. But uh, uh, but at the time... Uh, I would talk, you know, uh, I would do this bit uh, about how when you're walking your dog, every, uh, like, uh, complete strangers feel totally comfortable petting it. Uh, <laughs> like, w w without even acknowledging the person, uh, to just go straight to the dog and speak to the dog. And, uh, and that goes into another thing where I talk about uh, people who call themselves pet parents and people who insist that I'm a pet parent and uh <laughs> Uh, the fact of the matter is that I, I I made a very conscious decision to not be a parent. That's why I bought a dog. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very nice. No, that is good. I feel like that's like a really solid bit, too, because first of all, if you're talking about dogs, no one's going to boo you, even if it was bad. But obviously, <laughs> you know, people let their guards down for dogs. So it's it's even great. And that sounds like a that sounds like a really funny bit, man. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Any anytime you're doing stand up, let us know and we might have to have to come check you out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't do those virtual shows, uh, but yeah. uh, maybe I'll get back on stage one day. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I, I definitely feel that. I, I can't imagine doing a virtual stand up show. That sounds possibly like the worst thing ever. Oh, there's a lot of, <laughs> you know, uh, I, uh, I, I, I know a lot of really fantastic comedians who would do any virtual shows. I just, you know, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like without that response. No one laughed before. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I could emotionally handle any kind of uh, internet lag while I'm doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You throw out your funniest bit and you just get a bunch of blank screens staring at you. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, no, that can't uh, be good I, for the self-confidence. Uh, I have bombed before. I can't do it because of, because of an internet connection. <laughs> yeah, fair. Right. Fair. Um, alrighty. So after a little bit more stalking, I found, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Garthwaite. A film by actually I I put Ken Burns, but I believe it's actually Ben Kearns. <laughs> um, yes. I would love to hear about that because I'm intrigued just by the title. Uh, Garthway, a film by Ben Kearns. Yes, that is, uh, that's actually the feature that uh, my uh, filmmaking partner and I, uh, JG Murphy, are working on right now. Uh, now, uh, if uh, if you did a proper amount of stocking, I assume that you found my website. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go, uh, if you go on that website, tmkpictures.com, uh, you can find our award-winning short film uh, called Coasters, a film by Ben Kearns. Uh, the or so, so the origin story of Garthway really starts the origin story of Coasters. If uh, uh, if uh, if you indulge me for a second, uh, please. Of course. Uh, so again, uh, my uh, 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 my uh, good friend JG and I. Uh, trying, you know, sitting down and thinking, uh, what do we have the the money to film? And uh, and uh, and well, 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 that's basically the whole conversation. What can we afford to film? And so, uh, and so we came up with an idea for a sketch show, which uh, I'm not sure I want to tell you the name of because uh, you know there's a lot of misses on it. So, <laughs> uh, but coasters was uh, was a huge hit, and. Uh, and, and and so like uh, uh, coasters was originally the single best sketch uh, that we put out for our sketch show and people responded so positively to it that uh, we that we went back and thought okay like 
what can we do with this six minute piece of gold that we got out of this entire sketch show that we made. Uh, and then we made a longer cut of it and we submitted it as a short film. Uh, that short film got a lot of festival attention. It won a bunch of awards and, uh, uh, you know, uh, we didn't put all that much money in it. So no one actually, so no one outside of a film festival ever saw it, uh, but it's on YouTube. Uh, some people have laughed, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but we got such a positive festival reaction from coasters, a film by Ben Kearns. We thought, okay, so, uh, well, let's do that again. Uh, so when uh, we all went uh, into quarantine, uh, every plan that we had got put on hold uh, of course. For, for our next film project. Uh, so then we sat down again uh, from uh, a respectable distance away and uh, and thought what uh, what can we film that we can afford more uh, uh, more importantly what can we film safely and even more importantly uh, what story can we tell while adhering to those two things that won't suck <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always important yeah um, uh, so then we thought well let's do Ben Kearns again let's do another documentary uh, or uh, well, but uh, yeah, uh, let let let's uh, let's do another mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, Garthwaite, a film by Ben Kearns, long uh, too long didn't read, uh, is about uh, is a mockumentary about America's unknown president, uh, Rufus Zechariah Garthwaite. <laughs> uh, are you familiar at all with uh, uh, with Ken Burns, the uh, the documentarian? Or- yeah, I'm I'm definitely familiar with uh, who he is at the very least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Ben Kearns uh, is a. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this one day because I'm going to say the wrong name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're uh, going <laughs> to talk bad about Ken Burns, and then uh, he's he's going to sick someone on you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Ken Burns, a fantastic documentary filmmaker. Uh, you know, uh, so we just thought, what's the dumbest uh, parody of, of Ken Burns that we can do? Uh, so. One of us threw out the name Ben Kearns, and we just never thought of anything better. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good name. I gotta be honest. I don't know if I could come up with anything better. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Are you familiar with the uh, uh, with the film called uh, CSA, the Confederate States of America? Uh, It's my uh, it's by Kevin Wilmot uh, is is the director. I don't I think not, so, no. no. Uh, it was on Hulu at some point. It's not on there now, much to my disappointment, but it's this awesome uh, alternate history mockumentary movie about what if the South had won the Civil War. Uh, amazing movie uh, that, while also being hilarious, has so much deep stuff to say uh, about uh, the state of the world and uh, how horribly racist it is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh again too long didn't read uh taking a lot of inspiration from that movie and uh and also ken burns uh, uh and, and his documentaries uh we thought well let's just think of a fake president you know uh just like the most inconsequential president that we can fit into actual history and just like what is that and so we've got this guy rufus zechariah garthwaite who i play you know i the, this is a podcast but, but but i'm doing air quotes uh who i play <laughs> in the sense of uh you know uh I'm in several photographs uh, uh, that, oh, uh, that nice. did. Amazing. Uh, uh, you know, just like you know, Rufus's life through history, where uh, he uh, is the son of a railroad tycoon who goes to a boarding school and uh, uh, falls in love and marries and joins the army and wins the Medal of Honor, uh, gets kicked out of the army for a bum leg, and then goes on to be his own business tycoon and eventually president of the United States. But <laughs> he's failing his way up through life. Uh, just every turn of his life is met by failure, uh, but it always leads him to the next highest thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, we, you know, uh, we, uh, we, we always try to say something with our comedy. Uh, so you know, we have things to say, uh, but uh, you'll 
have to watch the movie to see what we're saying about it. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm excited. That sounds awesome. And uh, you said Coasters was on YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you type in Coasters, a film by Ben Kearns, it'll pop up, I'm sure. I don't know how many other uh, videos it could be confused with. Yeah, <laughs> I, I doubt there are too many with that same title at the very least. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds awesome to get a little taste of the Ben Kearns and then uh, and then we'll be eagerly anticipating Garthwaite. Yeah, yeah we... uh, it's my first feature film. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, again, we filmed it safely and we filmed it for no money. Uh, mm. And uh, I, I, I think you guys really like it. It's uh, it, it's going to be something special, but I can't say too much about it. <laughs> That's okay. that's super exciting. Yeah, I mean, es great. especially the the ability to film with you know limited resources, I think is not only a super great skill to have, but also um, I think a lot of special stuff comes out of comes out of those limitations. Yeah, I mean, totally. if you, I mean, yeah, if you want to do a whole other interview about low budget filmmaking, you know, uh, it's been uh, my entire world for 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 for, for years now because I <laughs> never have any money, but I always want to make a movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. As people who, I mean, I guess at this point, not super recently out of college, but, you know, slightly recently out of college and, and you know, just a lot of making films with friends. Uh, we definitely understand the, uh, the the making stuff with little money and uh, yeah. absolutely respect it because it, it definitely takes a lot of hard work. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's my absolute favorite thing in the world is just uh, making a movie for as little money as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Nolan, that brings us to the end of our questions, man. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on. You were great. Um, before we let you go, um, do you have anything besides Garthwaite, uh, a film by Ben Kearns, that you would like to plug for us? Uh, well, it's another thing in production. Uh, I also spent uh, this time in quarantine uh, uh, making a cartoon. Uh, Ooh. Again, can't say too much about it uh, because it's in the uh, pre-production stages and uh, we're hoping to pitch it around to, uh, to, to some networks. Uh, uh, but I've been working on this, uh, this, this animated project called Radio News Network uh, with some fantastic people. Uh, that also has a very long origin story. I know you guys don't have time for uh, but it, but it's an animated series uh, uh, about this uh, group of people working in a radio news station. Uh, you know, uh, for all the Office fans out there, it's it, uh, uh, it's uh, heavily inspired by the Office. But uh, we get to go even crazier because uh, it's all a cartoon. Yeah, and I am an Office man, so I will <laughs> I will definitely uh, look forward to that as well. That's um, awesome. Well, we will put a link to Coasters as well as a link to your website for TMK Pictures in the description below. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much again, Nolan, for coming on. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, th 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 ah. Thanks again for having me, guys. Uh, it, was, it was a great time. Yeah, yeah we had a blast, man. too. All right, well, enjoy the rest of your uh, slightly uh, two and a half hours outside of us uh, California evening. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys have a great time. All right, thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Bye.